Hello and welcome to the Praise Center Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com. I think my favorite kind of TV shows, I know, I'm going to talk carnal here. My dad used to call the TV the one-eyed demon, and I wanted to say, why do you leave it on all the time then? <laughs> right, Sal, right? And it's like, <laughs> so I think he was trying to convince himself to quit watching it. But I love murder mysteries. I know, it's not the gory, gory kind. I don't like the gory ones. But like the favorite of all times. What was Murder, She Wrote? Yeah, come on. Jessica Fletcher, you wouldn't want to be her friend because you would probably end up dying at some point because all of her friends had problems. <laughs> but I, what I loved about Murder, She Wrote was that they would drop you from the beginning of the show, they would drop little clues along the way that you could actually probably about halfway through, you're like, I think that person's it. And then they would drop a few more clues and you'd go, yeah, that's it. And you'd figure it out before Jessica did. Are you, are you with me on that? I like to be able to, nowadays, it's like you watch some murder mystery and, you know, it was the doorman that you saw five, in the first five minutes of the movie. You had no idea till the very end. Then the detective reveals it all and you go, oh, okay, yeah, I see that. But you didn't get any clues all the way along. So that's why I like Murder, She Wrote. They dropped all these clues and hints and then after a while, you watched it so much, you realized that if it was a famous star, at some point they would introduce you, go, oh, that's going to be the murderer because that person and is well known. We know who it is. Anyway, so I like doing that. I think Sal likes this show a lot. It's called The Carbonaro Effect. Have, has anybody ever seen it? It's a, how does he say that? A magic hidden camera magic TV show. So they hide the camera around somewhere and he dresses up and he pretends he's a salesman or a clerk or something in all these different stores everywhere. He'll be a, even a janitor somewhere or in the park somewhere, wherever he is, he's hiding. So if somebody ever tries to pull a prank on you, the problem is you'll probably fall for it because it, he is so amazing at his tricks. And he did this one, he was in the mall dressed up in this salesman in this little shop and in come these young guys, you know, in their 20s. And he goes, oh, hey, have you guys seen these new shoelaces? They're called memory laces. Has anybody seen him do this trick? They're called memory laces. And these kids go, what, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? He goes, well, look, and his shoe's untied and he goes like this, no lie, wiggles his foot and the shoelace is tied. <laughs> I have no idea. And they're like... Oh, and he convinces people to buy the product that he's, he, he is so amazing. So in honor, I have a magic trick for you today. So um, this is a Jack of Hearts card. Doesn't matter. You can choose any card you want out of the deck. And I've creased it ahead of time just to make it easy to fold with my dollar. So I got the Jack. Everybody see the card? And I have a dollar bill. Just a normal dollar bill. Nothing special about my dollar bill, okay? When I put my dollar bill around my card and I fold it and then I fold it again and then I tap it a few times, you see the top of the card is the outside. The inside's in there, right? When I push it down, the dollar bill does this miraculous thing to that card. Now you have the inside and the outside's there. Push it back up and the outside. Do you see that? Did, did you see it? It was, it was just an ordinary card and a dollar bill, right? And when I put them together and folded them, it reverses. Wow. If you saw, me, if you saw my sleight of hand, don't tell anybody. We'll show you later. 
I like mysteries that, that can be revealed. And, and I like the curiosity that comes with it. Because every time I see something, I go, I, I want to I figure that out. I want to know how they did that. Like, I still want to go to every Carbonaro show and say, how did you tie those shoelaces? How did you do that? We want the mysteries to be revealed to us. I want to know. And God says in his word in Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you never knew. I'm like, I want to know those things. I want to know the things that God, so I want to call this sermon today, Now I Know. Now I know that when, when you see someone tell you how they did that trick, when I show you later, if you ask me, I'm going to wait and see if you ask me, if you desire it enough. And if later, when you ask God and show it and he shows you, you go, oh, now I know. Now I know what you're talking about, Lord. It was like the time that I took my mother to the Grand Canyon. You've all heard this story. It was all fogged in. I'm like, I'm so upset. We have traveled a long ways. My mother never travels. And I called up Sal. You got to do something, man. I don't know. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And he prays and he says these words in his prayer. You are highly favored women of God. When he said those words, my faith level went from here to here. And I went, God heard his prayer. I ran right to my mom and I said, we are highly favored women of God. Come on, let's hit the, let's hit the canyon. So we go walking back up to the canyon and the fog began to roll away. They said it was going to be there for weeks. The fog rolled away. We saw the beautiful canyon. And can I tell you that day, I go, now I know. Now I know know the power of my God, that even the fog has to go when when the favored women of God come up to the top of the canyon. The fog must be gone. Now I know. And I think there are mysteries and, and just things in his word and things that he wants to reveal to us that we're not tapping into. We're satisfied to, we grab the Bible in the morning. Maybe you're consistent in your devotions. And you're like, yep, read that portion. I'm done. All right, now what am I going to do for real today? What's, what is my real thing that I have to do? Instead of reading the word and, and digging things out of it and wanting to find out what the word is speaking to us, I, I want us to dig into it. Like a couple of weeks ago, no, it's probably a couple of months ago. I think the older you get, it's like a few days ago, an hour ago. You, you don't, you just, you, one time, one time I was talking, I was thinking about Peter and I had just preached that sermon on Peter and it was like, I read the story again because I just love to see new things come out of the scripture and in reading the scripture, it's not just to check the box, right? It's to hear something from the Lord and go, oh, now I know. Think about that story of Peter and this is just free, has nothing to do with my sermon. But when Peter was denying Christ, he's sitting around a fire And when Jesus restores him, he's sitting around a fire. And I love it that even the places that next, I would assume that every time Peter came to a fire, he'd go, oh man, I denied Christ, I denied Christ. Instead now it's like, oh, God called me again and he restored me. He wants to redeem even those places in our life. That's a whole new sermon. But so, so call to me and I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Wow, I want us to just get a little bit of hunger for that today of seeing the miraculous. Will you open with me your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, we'll start in verse 8. Let's pray over the word. Lord, just touch our hearts to really receive from you this morning. May we really receive some now I knows today. May we be able to look at your word and see things in creation and that you will reveal to us mysteries that we've never known, great and unsearchable things. Amen. Amen. 
Okay, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8. Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. And after conferring with his officers, he said, I'm going to set up my camp in such and such a place. And the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. And time and time again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such and such place. I like that. <laughs> but here's Elisha. God is telling him some now I knows. Like, oh, that's where the enemy is going to be. The enemy has no clue that how they's figuring this out. And, that, and he's going to his king Israel and saying, this is where the enemy is going to be. And so he's telling him where. Watch this, verse 11. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? Who's the spy among us? I want to know. None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers. But Elisha the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. God was revealing to Elisha the very words that the king was speaking. So go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He's in Dothan. So he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. And they went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army of horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, no, my Lord, what shall we do? This servant asked. Uh, this is my response usually when I see the enemy surrounded me. Oh, no, what are we going to do? Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord. We sang that song today. So that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And as the enemy came down towards Elisha, Elisha prayed the Lord to strike his army with blindness. This is so cool. He opened the servant's eyes and closed the enemy's eyes. So he struck them with blindness as Elijah had asked. And Elisha told him, this, this Jedi mind trick, this is not the road. This is not the city. Follow me and I'll lead you to the men you are looking for. And he led them to Samaria. Down in the city, can you imagine the servant gets up and he sees the whole city is surrounded by this strong force of the enemy. And his response is, oh, just like ours would be. Oh, no. And when his eyes are open, this is what I love. He thinks he's encircled by the enemy. And when his eyes get opened, he sees the horses surrounded. Just picture God's army all around us, this whole place on our mountaintops. You're going, wow, army of the Lord all the way around. And then chariots of fire between you and the other. So we have now surrounded the enemy with God's army. See what the enemy tries to surround you and the Lord opened that servant's eyes and now he saw, oh, they're surrounded. <laughs> Nothing doing, man. I don't need to worry about anything. When we have our now I knows, I think we can stand in more confidence in what we know God has for us. And we need to remember this spiritual realm is the real realm. When we see the enemy surrounding us and disaster and things happening, that's not the true that's not really what's going on. What's going on is the enemy is surrounded by God and his army. And I love that. That that's what is really happening as God opens this servant's eyes to see. And I want us to have our eyes open to see. Now think about Elisha. This man that was receiving all this insight. This is where the king, the enemy army is going to be. This is where they're going to go. And, the, and he's telling. So he had so many now I knows. That's what I want. I want one every day. I want God to reveal something to me 
so much. And Elisha is just like you and I. You might think, well, but yeah, he was the prophet. He was an amazing prophet. But do you remember when he was first found by Elijah? J comes before H, before S. So that's how you remember which one's first. So Elijah is walking along and the Lord tells him, that man over there is your next, the person that's going to take over after you. That's your mentoree. Go get him. And Elijah goes over to this man named Elisha who is just plowing his field. He's just a farmer. He has no special training to be a prophet of God. He has no special education. He's out being a farmer in the field, just doing what he knows how to do. And Elijah comes up and throws his mantle over him. And he's like, oh, you knew what that meant in those days. Come follow me. I want to mentor you. Come follow me. And Elijah, what is, after he calls him, Elisha says, okay, I'll do it. And Elisha takes all his stuff that he plows the field with, everything that he has, and he makes a fire and burns it, sacrifices the animals, shares the food. They have a big party. He says goodbye to everybody, and off he goes to follow Elijah. It's the same with the calling with us. God comes knocking on our door. Will you follow me? Will you follow me? It's like him throwing that mantle over you. Will you follow me? Can I, can I be so bold as to say, we go, yeah, yeah, and then we pick up all our stuff. Get on my backpack, get my suitcases, get my wagon. Okay, I'm coming, Lord. I'm come. We forgot the bonfire. And then we're wondering why we're not getting any now I know is because I'm so busy controlling all my stuff. I got to bring my stuff with me, Lord. Hang on. You're going too fast. I can't catch up with you. And, and right? I think I needed to have a bonfire before when I said yes to the Lord. There's this aspect of where everything else in life is nothing, right? Where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take up my cross daily and follow him. Everything else is left behind. And that's what Elisha did for seven to eight years. We don't know exactly. He followed Elijah around. Seven or eight years. Being the mentoree, just following, learning everything, watching. And when that mantle falls from the sky as Elijah is taken up to heaven, Elisha picks it up and now he becomes the man of God. And all of these now I knows are revealed to him. He sees everything that God is doing. I want to know the way Elisha knows. I want to hear the way Elisha heard. In Psalm chapter 25, it says this, the Lord confides in those who fear him. Right. He makes his covenant known to them. Right. That word fear is really to revere, to be in honor of him, to pretty much leave everything and follow him. He is in charge. And the Lord says he confides in those people. You know, when I confide in someone, it's something that I'm not really telling other people. I'm just going to tell you. It's a secret. The secrets of the kingdom the Lord wants to reveal to those who fear him, who are in awe of him. And then he says, I want to make my covenant known to you. I want to tell you, man, if you look up that word covenant in the word, I just challenge you to do that. There are so many things that God has covenanted to do with us. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will heal you and I will heal your land. I will give you a life that is full and everlasting life that someday you're going to be in heaven with me. This is what I have for you. I have love for you. I have grace for you. I have care for you. I have mercy for you. And I want to bless you. 
Man, if you look up that word covenant, God has so many things wrapped up in that for you and I, and I want that. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says it this way. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no human mind can conceive the things that God has prepared for those who love him. I can't even conceive of the things that he has for me. These are the things that God has revealed to us by his spirit, but he wants to show me. I, my mind would not have thought I'm going to get up in the morning and see the enemy army all around and chariots of fire around. Your mind can't conceive that. All your mind can see is the enemy right there. Your mind can't conceive. And he says, but I want to show you by my spirit. I want to show you my army. I want to show you the canyon can be wiped away of fog and you can see what you want to see. I want to show you those mysteries. Come, be with me. Our problem, I think my problem is I haven't burned enough things. Paul desired so desperately to know Christ that he said it like this in Philippians chapter 3. I consider everything else a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. And then he ends this with, I want to know Christ. That everything else in life is worth garbage compared to knowing Christ. Wow, Paul so desperately wanted to know Christ. He wanted some now I knows. That he's willing to say everything else, and that's hard to do. Everything is garbage. Be careful compared to Christ. David said it this way. I'm so convicted by this one. This is how King David said it in Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, God. Watch this. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When, when can I go and meet with God? He is so thirsty for God that his answer isn't like where and well, what time. It's like when. When do I get to go to the temple again? When do I get to go to the house of God again? Oh, it's almost Sunday. It's almost Sunday. When do I get to go? Because he thirsts for God the way an animal would thirst for water. Yesterday, our dog was driving us crazy. Bark, bark, bark. I'm like, what? She never barks. I can't figure it out. And Sal said, well, maybe she's hungry. I'm like, she already ate, but okay. I gave her food and she was totally happy. I'm like, but she had to continually make a noise before I realized that she was just, she wanted some more food. Do I thirst for God enough that I'm like, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I want more. When is it going to be Sunday again? When do I get to get in the word again? When, oh God, that's David's heart for the Lord. I want to know. Give me some, I've got to know, Lord God. And I think it's interesting too that the disciples there fit the same thing. They wanted some now I knows. And following Jesus. And here's the interesting thing about Jesus when he came to this earth. He came speaking in mysteries. He wanted us to get to know him to reveal things. He comes speaking in parables and, and people are going, what is he talking about? Is there something in the water at that well? I don't know what's going on, right? And, and the disciples even ask him 
In Matthew chapter 13, the disciples even say to him, why do you speak to the people in parables? Why are you doing this? And he says, because the knowledge of the secret of the kingdom has been given to you. I've given you, those who know me, those who hang on to me. And then he says this, this is why I speak in parables to them. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You'll be ever hearing, but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's hearts have become calloused, and they hardly hear with their ears, and they've closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are you. Blessed are you. Because you can see and your ears because you can hear. God has opened our ears and opened our eyes. Why? Because we desire that relationship with him and I'm pursuing him. And those who clung to Jesus and followed him throughout this whole time he's on earth, he revealed to them all his mysteries. He never kept a secret from them. Yeah, let me tell you about the parable of the sower and the seed. Let me tell you how it goes. Let me tell you about the kingdom. Those who were there with the ears that wanted to hear could hear. But other people are far off. Their hearts are callous. Oh, I don't have time for that. I'm not, Jesus, I'll meet you over at the other. When when you're feeding the 5,000, I get some free food. Maybe I'll be there to hear what you have to say. But right now, I just want to do my own thing, right? I got my wagon hitched up. I'm going with my stuff. But those who burned everything and those who followed God continued to reveal. Now I know it's over and over and over again to them. So many, so many people. I have too many scripture verses to to look at. But there was a man named Jethro. He was Moses' father-in-law. And he, when he saw what happened when Moses brought the people of Israel out of Egypt, he said this, now I know. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all other gods. Now I know was what Jethro said. There was that widow woman that Elijah comes to and and she feeds him, right? Remember, she takes everything and feeds him. Her son dies. She's like, oh no, what am I going to do? She goes to the man of God, Elijah, come on. Elijah lays on top of him and the boy is raised from the dead. And the woman says this in 1 Kings 17, now I know, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. Now I know she had it revealed to her. Naaman, this man who was struck with leprosy. Leprosy was incurable. It was not curable. And he went to the prophet of God, to Elisha, and Elisha says, go to the River Jordan and I want you to wash in it seven times. He takes a while, decides finally to go do it. He goes to the river, washes, comes up out of the water, and he's totally healed. And he says this, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. Now I know. Now I know. Peter is locked away in prison way in the inner cells, shackled away. And the angel of the Lord appears, says, take off the shackles. Come on, get your shoes, get your coat, let's go. Takes him out through the gates, all the way out of the prison, past the guards, out the city and on to the, out of the city gates. And the angel disappears. And Peter says, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel to rescue me. Now I know. I love those now I knows. I'm just telling you, when I stood at that canyon and that fog was rolling away, I went, now I know God is amazing. 
Now, I, whoa, I love the now I knows. And I hope I've placed a little hunger in you to say, I want to know God more. And maybe we need to have a little bonfire. little bonfire. <laughs> I know I could burn some things. Uh, let's come, worship team, come on up. Now I know what God has, that he is my deliverer. As he delivered those children of Israel out of Egypt, they, now I know. Can you imagine the now I know when the Red Sea crumbles in across all of the, army, the enemy army and you go, oh, now I know. This is the God of gods. Now I know. All these miraculous things. Now I know when your child is dead laying on a bed and he comes to life again. Now I know my God is a God who heals. He is a God who heals. I don't care what circumstances look like. I don't care. I see the enemy. I see the enemy surrounding me. I don't care because I got chariots of fire Amen. around me. And, I, and you may not see your answer right now because in the natural we don't see. But boy, I want some now I knows. I want to know that God can raise the dead. I want to see it happen. I want to see God do miraculous things. I want to see him rescue us when we think we're locked away in the prison. I want him to break things free from us. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all. Oh, come on, say it again. With all your heart. All your heart. Maybe, you, maybe you just have a little backpack on or a little fanny pack. <laughs> Carrying a few too many things with us. Weighing ourselves down with things that we don't want to be weighed down with because I want some now I knows. I want to know. I, I, I think one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible is the story of Moses in Exodus 33. Where he says to God, I refuse to move from this place if your presence isn't with me. And God relents and says, okay, even though these people are driving me crazy, I'll go with you. My presence will go with you. And Moses wasn't satisfied and I think that's why I can relate to this story. As I just, I'm not satisfied. I think I do have an addictive personality. I just want more and more and more. And Moses did the same thing. Okay, you're coming with me. That's good. But now show me your glory. Come on. Show me your power. Show me who you are. And the Lord reveals himself to Moses like he never had with any other person. And all Moses could see was his backside. And he was so brightly shining. He's got to wear a veil. And I bet you from then on, Moses went, now I know. Now I know I've seen God. I've seen maybe just his backside, but I saw God. Now I know, and I don't want to be satisfied ever. I know God's presence is with us. Come on, we're all believers. We've all said yes to that knock on our heart's door. And we've all said, yeah, I want to follow you, Lord. So we know his presence is with us, but are we satisfied to not see the glory of God? Are we satisfied to not see the power of God? I want way more. I want more. I want to see this room full. And the Lord showed me in the heavenlies this morning. There's people up there. Hey, come on. God wants to fill this place up. I want more. I want to know him more. How desperately do you want to know the Lord? The, the background today, sort of funny, is all of us little sheep. But in the midst of those sheep, 
Did anybody look at it and see the goat? You did. See, that's the kind of, that's what we need to do. Look deeper, look deeper, look deeper and always be searching for those hidden things that God wants to reveal to us. Like this dumb little magic trick. Do you want to know? Yeah. Oh, you want to know how I did it? Yes. See, because you and I know each other and we have a relationship. I'd like to tell you how I did this magic trick today. How did, did anybody have a guess? Okay, so I folded the dollar bill two different ways. You didn't notice. I folded it this way first, and I grabbed it, and then I folded it that way, and then when I slid it up, and then I slid it down. Right? You didn't know the cut was there because I was holding it with my fingers the whole time. You didn't know the cut, the cut in the card. Come on. Those are like the mysteries God wants to reveal to you and I. Will you seek me with all your heart? Will you bow your heads with me this morning? Lord, forgive us for our wagons of earth. Forgive us for not pursuing you with total and complete abandonment. Oh, I want to see. We want to see you, Lord. We want to hear your voice every single day. I'm not satisfied until I've had a moment with you, my God. Let us pursue you. Let us pursue you with a new fervent heart, Lord. Forsaking all things, Lord, may we be like Paul and say everything in this life is worth garbage compared to knowing you. May we be like David who says, I'm so thirsty for you, Lord. I so thirst for you and the things of you, Lord. May we be like Elijah who burns everything just to follow you, Lord. And may we be like the disciples who will not leave your side but follow you every step of the way. Show us, Lord. Thank you for listening to Praise Center Sermon of the Week. Don't forget, for more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com.